Okay, guys, um, let's move on with what the hell was going on Carisi Jackson Jordan and Chris Samuels. So apparently earlier this year, someone had posted a photo of Carisi. Um, is it Carisi or Carisi? Not like it's bothering me that I don't know how the hell to pronounce her name. <sighs> okay, well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, she explain that um her and the ex of former castmate Monique Samuels that they live in the same community they go to the same community restaurant it's a local establishment that both of them frequent and she said look I was minding my own business going there and that Chris was already there with two friends and that they invited her to come over um, she's is saying that he wanted to apologize for some of the things that were said in the past. Other people were sitting there. Some random person decides to take a picture. And then the next thing you know, her, they're on a date, you know, like that, that's, she's basically saying that, you know, somebody just took a picture, posted it up on to post uh, posted it up on social media. And they were just circulating this dating rumor. And she was like, look, he's not my type. Okay. She put it out there. And then um, Karen Hugger was asked about Giselle Bryant, and uh, she said that they're the greatest frenemy on the show. She said, you know, her and Karen and Giselle, they go back and forth and all this other stuff. And she said, you know, but we do work on our relationship this year. And she said, I enjoy it. And we have the greatest frenemy relationship on Bravo. Um, then Giselle Bryant was uh, asked about her relationship. She called it a quote unquote situationship. Okay, not a relationship, a situationship. That's her word with uh, Jason Cameron. So apparently Giselle Bryant, um, her co-star Ashley Derby has set her up with Winter House star Jason Cameron. I don't watch Winter House, so I don't even know who the hell Jason Cameron is. But apparently that's Giselle's man. She called him an awesome guy. She said he is a breath of fresh air in my life, and I'm happy that we are in our current situationship. Again, she didn't call it a relationship. She called it a situationship. I don't even know what the hell a situationship is. Is that like Jada Pinkett Smith when she said that they were in some sort of entanglement? Is, is that what it is? I, I don't know. And then Karen Hugger puts uh, Robin Dixon on blast, and Robin tries to explain herself, and the crowd boos her. So Karen said to Robin that she lied all seven season and she was holding back her storyline about her struggles with Juan Dixon until it came to light. And Robin's explanation was like, you know, um, I didn't want to step in front of the cameras and talk about it because when we were filming, you know, that was something that was already in the past. It wasn't current to what was going on in my life now. So that's why I didn't bring it up in camera or something like that. She she basically said, look, we talk about the issues that are taking place during the season at that time. I have no problem addressing what is going on in my life. Now, when you say I didn't address it before, well, see, at that time, that was something that was not going on in my life at that time. It was not relevant to my life. I kind of understood what she was saying, but the audience boots her anyway so um 
she was saying so I did not feel that I needed to walk in front of the cameras to talk about something that was happening in the past and she said when my husband and I dealt with an issue five months prior to filming season seven why would I walk into season seven holding on to an issue that was no longer relevant to our relationship and she said it was not a problem it was not an issue my husband is not going to be thrown under the bus for a storyline that is not actually an issue at that moment Cameron and Robin they begin going back and forth and Karen basically ends with your math isn't adding up and yeah <laughs> basically you know the the whole back and forth ends with Karen saying I'm happy that Robin and Juan are in a good place so yeah uh, let's go on to Miami so fans ask Alexia and Marcel if they still talk to any of the Ultimate Girls Trip uh, cast members and both ladies says they still talk to everybody except for Leah McSweeney and that's they still hang out with everybody except for Leah McSweeney now if you guys read the Vanity Fair article they were promoting it as like a bombshell as an expose I was expecting this really big wave and it was like a little splash in the puddle there was not anything I felt that was really newsworthy a lot of the stuff that was written was stuff that content creators had already let their audiences know about the workings of production and the behind the scenes of cast makes so it was like i didn't really feel like they exposed anything like what kind of expose was this i like i expected so much more from vanity fair because they are one of my favorite publications i really love vanity fair and they're usually on top of their game um but yeah like i i don't know what the hell this was <laughs> <laughs> it was very lackluster to me and Leah McSweeney I never watched Roni when she was on um, so I didn't watch her on the seasons that she was on but apparently so Lindsay my co-host the housewife historian she said that um, Leah McSweeney was like an alcoholic and she was sober for nine years and then she fell off the wagon right when she was cast so when you are cast you don't start like you know your cast but it's not like your cast and then like an hour later they're like okay we're going to film so if you decide to fall off the wagon because of the pressure of being cast or like if you just wanted to calm your nerves before you got in front of the cameras or whatever it was how could you blame that on production she has this lawsuit that she is trying to um you, you know get bravo and the production company on the hook for but look and what she is like suing them for is saying that they are discriminating against her from the disability the the disability act and look addiction is a disability right that is an addiction can be claimed as a disability but here's the thing while you can claim addiction as a disability and yes you you, you actually can like if you like you actually can't claim that but um while you can claim that you cannot go to a restaurant and say i'm an alcoholic so i don't want you serving any alcohol if a waiter comes up to you and say ma'am would you like to see the wine list you cannot say 
that waiter was discriminating against me because he came up to me and wanted, I'm an alcoholic and the waiter came up to me and wanted to show me the wine list. That's discrimination. You can't say something like that. Or you can't say like, you know, the waiter came up to me and said, you know, a gentleman at the table next to me wants to know if he could buy me a drink. I feel very discriminated against because I'm an alcoholic and this is a discrimination against my disability. You also cannot say the man at the table next to me is eating his filet mignon and drinking his red wine and I feel very much pressured to also have a glass of wine because I felt very discriminated against it was like pressure for me to eat my steak with my red wine because everybody around me was eating and drinking so you can't say something like that because even though it is a disability you are still responsible for your actions it's kind of like look it's kind of like and, and I don't really want to get into a dark subject like this, but it's kind of like when child molesters are like, I can help it. I was born with this attraction and whatever the fucking bullshit is that they say. Here's the thing. Even if it's true that you can't help who you're attracted to and for whatever sick reason, that is the excuse that you are rationalizing in your head. You still have control over your actions. You might say that, you know, you can't help whatever, and maybe you can't help it, but you still have control over your actions. You still have control over your actions. So unless Leah McSweeney can pull up a text message or an email of a producer or a network executive saying to her, you're going to be fired unless you drink or you're going to lose your status as a full-time housewife, or you're going to get demoted to a friend of, unless you are a sloppy drunk, unless you go on to this trip drunk, or unless she could show a contract that says, drinking on this cash trip is a requirement, or drinking during filming is a requirement. I don't see how she is going to win this lawsuit, because again, it's kind of, to me, it's kind of like her not taking responsibility, because a lot of people have addiction problems, but you cannot, and here is a perfect example. Um, when I was doing marketing, I did work at a wine and spirits distributor for the Metro New York area, and some of the people were alcoholics they did have a alcohol problem and it's like you can't go and say that i am being discriminated against because i'm surrounded by alcohol all day because i work for a wines and spirit distributor where i'm just surrounded by alcohol there's alcohol in my face every single day so it's my company small that i am an alcoholic you can't say something like that so it's like the same way that like a restaurant person, you know, a waiter, waitress, or a bartender at a restaurant can't go and try to file a discrimination act against their disability for being an alcoholic because they are required to work in a restaurant that serves alcohol. So it, it's to me, I don't see how she's going to be successful unless she has a legit receipts from like an executive or a producer or a fucking contract that says drinking is a requirement. I don't see, you know, or, or if there was like some sort of subtle hint that says, Un unless you drink on this trip, you're going to get demoted or, you know, the audience doesn't. She is saying that a producer told her that she is not coming off 
good to the audience that she needs to get drunk. That is what she is saying. But, you know, saying something and proving it is two totally different things. So unless she can prove that a producer told her that, you know, she's basically going to get demoted or fired because sober Leah is not as entertaining as drunk Leah, unless she actually has something to show a judge or a jury that, then I don't think it's going to come off um, favorable to her. She's requesting a jury trial, but I feel like a lot of people are probably going to feel the same way that I feel. But you never know. I mean, it's New York City and they are like uber, uber ultra liberal. I can never, ever be liberal like that. People are actually really surprised when I tell people that I'm actually not liberal like that. Like I am very moderate. I think most of America, if you want to get into like the political you know, opinions and, and, and whatever preferences of people, I think the majority of Americans are moderate. The majority of Americans are not uber liberal and they're also not uber conservative. You know, they're in the middle. They're moderates. Anyway, let's get off the politics because I don't like talking about politics. Okay. So moving on with Miami, um, Marcel, Adriana and Kiki, they were asked about their tagline. So Marcel's tagline was, I love to rock a pony and I can always spot a pony. Adriana's tagline was, don't ever underestimate me. A star shines bright every day, every night. Kiki, her tagline was, I'm the burger queen, honey. I'm always going to have it my way. <laughs> oh, and then Gertie, she announces that she's cancer-free. So, of course, we're very happy for Gertie. Um, Gertie says that she's cancer-free and that she's actually about to ring the radiation bell on Wednesday. So, very happy for Gertie. Larsa Pippen was asked if she's engaged to Marcus Jordan, who is the son of Michael Jordan. Oh, my God. And she says, like, yo, we're not engaged yet. That's the question you're going to have to ask him. And she says, we're just in a really good place. And I finally met someone that I really enjoy being with. We have so much in common. And he's such an amazing guy and all this other stuff. And then Lisa was asked about her divorce with Lenny. And then Lisa says that, you know, the cast were really supportive. But towards the end, she kind of felt like her castmates were probably getting sick of her talking about the divorce and whatever. And she actually shares that it is worse now than it was in the beginning. Um, she says, it's actually worse now. I'm still not divorced. It's worse than what I was dealing with in the beginning. She says, I don't really, I don't really speak to Lenny. He absolutely hates the show. And we don't want anything to do with him either. Like, like I feel like he did it to himself. Who doesn't think because you're whispering no one can hear you? What kind of plastic surgeon would that be? And Lisa has a new man in her life. And when asked if she would get married again, she said possibly. Okay. Um, oh, I did forget to say something about Vanderpump uh, rules. Okay, so Shiana was asked about Raquel. And she actually said that the cast members had reached out to Raquel about returning for season 11. Look, it's already been known that producers... The cast members, even Lisa Vanderpump herself, had reached out to Raquel to try to cajole her to return for season 11. 
I mean, they put the poor girl through the ringer, right? But she basically was like, no, fuck you all. I'm going to put my mental health first. And I feel like now because she did that, everybody's trying to make her a villain. And Shiana says no one speaks to her and I don't think anyone will ever speak to her. And I'm just like, bitch, two seconds ago, you were just saying that all the cast members reach out to Raquel to try to get her to come back. And now because she doesn't want to come back and she's telling you all to go F yourself. Now it's like, oh, well, no one speaks to her and I don't think anyone ever will. Well, uh, Apparently, people were speaking to her when you guys wanted to get her to come onto the show. And I kind of feel like, you know, the one thing that Raquel will that Raquel will be able to say for herself is that all these motherfuckers wanted me to come back. They are thirsty. They are so thirsty. And I am the only one who didn't put fame ahead of my mental health. She is the only one that could say that because all of them chose to come back. Not only did they all come back, but when the network was trying to convince them to all bring Raquel back, they were all on their phones trying to get her to come back. And she is the only one that could hold her head up high and say, you know what? They're all thirsty motherfuckers. Nobody could say that Raquel is thirsty because you know what? She gave that up. She was like, no, no, thank you. So I kind of feel like, you know, that that is what it is that's my opinion of it anyway so let's get into the ask andy part of the panel okay andy cohen was asked to respond about nini leaks so a fan asked if he has room for nini leaks in his heart again and if she has a chance of returning to the housewives of atlanta and he says listen i told you i'm a nostalgic guy she and i came up together and there's always room in my heart for everyone and when asked about her return he said, who knows? I mean, she asked me a few years ago to keep her name out of my mouth. So I try to respect that. Look, I felt like this was note taking by an assistant, right? So like the same way how I said that there's probably like these people that work for Bravo that are strategically put into the audience to ask questions. I also feel that Andy Cohen probably has an assistant that note takes for him. And this assistant probably listens to the podcast, goes on to all of like the social media platforms, listens to all of the content creators, watch all the clips, read all the comments so that he or she can give Andy Cohen bullet point responses. Because here's the thing, Nene leaks a few years ago when she was uh, trying to sue Bravo for discrimination, trying to sue Andy Cohen and all this other stuff. She says that she basically that Bravo and Andy Cohen continues to make money off of her and off of her name. And she said, you know what? I just wish that Andy Cohen would keep my name out of his mouth. So I kind of felt like this very much feels like note taking from an assistant that, you know, and Nene Leakes, she did say that. So I kind of felt like this was the perfect response because it's like, I'm going to address it without having to address it because I'm going to use her own words back at her because she did say that. So now it's like, well, I'm trying to respect what Nini asked me to do. She said she didn't want me to have my have her name in my mouth. So I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to respect that. And it's kind of like, okay, it's an answer, but a non-answer. So also the part where he says that we came up together he said, listen, I told you I'm a nostalgic guy and we came up together. So there's always room in my heart for everybody. Now, if you listen to that first interview that Bethany Frankel did with Nini, okay, most of it, even though it was an interview with Nini, most of it was like 
Bethany Frankel like talking about herself as much as she was letting Nini talk about Nini. Um, Bethany Frankel says some shit like, you know, she always had a, a soft spot for Andy Cohen because at one point she was Andy Cohen's favorite. And like, when she become a favorite, you always try to maintain that spot in Andy's, um, life. And she said something like, you know, but I always had a soft spot for Andy Cohen because me and Andy Cohen, we came up together at the same time. So I kind of felt like Andy Cohen saying that him and Nene came up together at the same time. Again, feels very much like note taking from an assistant who probably listened to the podcast and was like, oh, here, this is a great, you know, let me put this as a bullet point. This will be a great response. And it's kind of like throwing a little bit of shade at Bethany. Anyway, so um, a fan also asked about Ramona Singer and the racism allegation. So, of course, again, Vanity Fair, like the whole Vanity Fair article, I felt like they didn't even go into the Housewife franchises. They just basically talked about Roni because everything on there felt like it was just about Roni. So I don't know who they talked to, but apparently whoever they talked to must have been Bethany Frankel, Leah McSweeney and freaking... Ebony K. Williams because it didn't feel like they got anything out of anybody else from all of the other franchises. But anyway, um, so yeah, Vanity Fair's article included allegations involving comments about race made by Ramona Singer. And during a Q&A, one fan asked Andy if Ramona would be canceled or put on pause. And she said, look, she said, ha he said, I, I sometimes call Andy a she. <laughs> but anyway, so Miss Andy Cohen Miss Andrea Cohen said, I think the most that I can say is that we already shot Ultimate Girls Trip and she's on the show. She's not here. And that's where we're at. So, you know, I don't think he wanted to like get into it because he was probably worried about not saying the right thing. Uh, the moderator was like, and I'm okay with that. And look, here's the thing. She was canceled by Bravo, right? She was like disinvited to the family barbecue. She was like disinvited to BravoCon. Like they took their invitation back. So she was disinvited to the Bravo family barbecue. But, you know, I do understand what Andy was trying to say when he said, like, look, Ultimate Girls Trip is already shot. So it's like, you know, she's going to be on the show because here's the thing. People are like, oh, well, you could just edit her out or whatever the fuck. But if she is in a lot of scenes, it's going to be really hard to edit her out of all those scenes because then it's going to like make no sense if somebody's fighting with her because if you edit her out then it's just going to be like this person screaming into like thin air or like if she's in a lot of scenes and you edit her out you're not going to be able to have a season you're go you're going to have like a freaking one episode maybe <laughs> but so it's like I do understand what An Andy was saying when he was like look it's it's already felt Andy was asked about the men of Married to Medicine and how come they don't get the recognition that they deserve. Okay, so also during a Q&A, one fan said of the husbands from Married to Medicine, one of the husbands actually shared that he and his male co-stars were not invited to a nighttime BravoCon party. The fan also referenced how much attention the husbands of the Real Housewives of New Jersey get. So they were like saying, you know, like how come the, the husbands on 
the New Jersey cast, they get so much airtime, so much screen time, they get confessional, and it seems like the men of Married to Medicine, they're not even acknowledged. So Andy says, well, first of all, I believe they were invited to the party, but then the fan interjects by pointing out that that's not what one of the husbands posted. And Andy was like, I love the men of Mary to Medicine. I cannot see the men of Mary to Medicine doing a magic mic panel. And then he was saying like, oh, they're a little bit more buttoned up. By the way, I love Mary to Medicine. And he also says that Mary to Medicine reunions are his favorite. I felt like, you know, that was a legit fan calling him out. And Andy Cohen was basically trying to gas married to medicine like oh i love married to medicine you know they're they're my favorite their reunions are my favorite reunions so yeah so apparently um one of the husbands on married to medicine said that they were not invited to a BravoCon party that was happening on one of the nikes and andy was like oh i believe that they were invited and the fan was like uh well no not according to what the husband post up <laughs> like no this is a husband from like this is the husband of one of the like freaking cast members and he's saying that no they were not invited and you know the fan followed it up with how come like new jersey like how come their husbands they get confessionals they get so much screen time now i said though i said that um you know they are going to minimize the husband's on New Jersey a lot this upcoming season just for the fact that um, on all of the other franchises and on all of the other shows the husbands they do not have camera time like that and a lot of people are sick of the New Jersey husbands having so much camera time because they come off so fucking thirsty they are just so thirsty and then I don't like it when the men try to interact with Teresa like that. It's like, no. You could put another woman up against another woman, but I don't like it when you try to put a man up against a woman because it's like, you know, it's just... Look, if a man talks to a woman a certain way, then he's going to, like, the haters are going to come out and be like, oh my God, look at the way he's talking to a woman. But then if a woman talks to a man that way, it's like why you know what's the man supposed to do right so i i don't like jersey for that very situation and i think a lot of people feel the same way i do and a lot of people feel like the same situation that i do so i i feel like this upcoming season the men are minimized a lot there was rumors that the men were actually not even invited to the cash trip i don't know how true that is or not true but there are rumors that are floating out that this this cash trip that they were supposed to have that never happened, that the men actually were not even invited to go along with them. Anyway, so Andy Cohen was also asked about who he would like to have as a guest on Watch What Happens Live, and he said Michelle Obama. Um, he said that Michelle Obama has done other talk shows like The View, The Chew, um, but she has yet to join him in the clubhouse. And look, Michelle Obama is probably never going to join Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live just because the network itself is built on a franchise of women being messy and being train wrecks and it shows where the viewers at home like to be very judgmental of 
the way these women live their lives. And that's okay because that's what I'm doing, right? I'm being judgmental of these women. So I don't think Michelle Obama would ever want to come to Andy Cohen's clubhouse just because that is the basis of what the network shows are. Um, he did note that Michelle Obama is a fan of The Real Housewife of Potomac and Atlanta. So, yeah. But again, I don't see Michelle Obama ever coming into Andy Cohen's clubhouse. Um, just because I, I don't think that is like, you know, the, the look that she's looking for. <laughs> and... Um, he said, you know, I want to talk housewives with her so badly. And then Andy also was asked about the rumors that there are new housewife franchises coming up. And he said that as of now, there is no new cities coming up. He said, you know, I don't think there's a hole in the marketplace for a new one. And he was also asked about you know, um, a possible reboot of Atlanta. And he said, I think Atlanta has some really strong building blocks that are already there. We have a growth opportunity for Atlanta. Um, and he said, as far as rumors of other housewives starting in new cities, Andy said that there are no new housewives that have crossed his desk. And he was also asked by a fan, um, if Dallas could get rebooted and he said, I think anything's possible. We bought Miami back after 10 years. <laughs> and um, the moderator said that she would only be interested in a new Dallas only if there was an entirely new cast. So Miami was bought back after 10 years, but the cast of Miami wasn't rebooted. They bought back the same cast. Um, Roni was rebooted, though. Roni was put on pause for two years and then they were brought back with its entirely new cast. And then Andy was also asked about Roni legacy and he said it was like catching up with old friends. He said it was really interesting, interesting seeing Kelly back in the mix and seeing Kristen back in the mix. Listen, the comedy that comes when you've got Luann and Sonia, you've got Dorinda. It's like catching up with old friends. It, does go down real easy. There are some real laugh out loud moments. He also added that Luann and Kelly get into an actual heated conversation about Kelly promising to take Luann to um, a New York Rangers game because there are hot guys, but never following through. Luann gets so heated by this, Andy says. <laughs> I don't know. I guess um, Luann is in the market for a man or something. Andy Cohen was also asked to share what his rose and thorn was and he said his rose was that um he thinks what's so special about bravo is that you know everyone watches these shows and these are people that we all have spent a lot of time with and a lot of years we've invested with these people these are real people going through real things that the investment of the audience i think that is my rose um he did not really have a thorn he said come back to me about his thorn um because he didn't have one <laughs> he, he said he couldn't think of one so to come back to him about the thorn okay southern hospitality season two premiere date 
So I don't know if there's any Southern Hospitality fans out there, but they are coming back for season two. And it's going to premiere on Thursday, December 7th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's 8 p.m. Central Time. And I don't even know what time that is in the Pacific, but it's coming on at 9 Eastern Time, December December 7th on Thursday. So it's going to be airing on Thursdays. Um, and of course, if you guys have Peacock, episodes will be available the next day to stream on Peacock. So returning Republic staff to the show include Joe, Mia, Maddie, Bradley, Grace, Will, TJ, Emmy, Mikkel, and Lucia. So I guess Southern Hospitality is a um, it's one of the newer shows on Bravo, and it's like starring uh, one of the Southern Charm cast members or former cast members. I'm not even sure. Um, and it's with a restaurant, uh, restaurant, restaurant. Oh my god, I can't even talk today. It's with a rest restaurant oh my god i can't even know why i can't pronounce this word today but it's with a um person named leah or not leah leva bonaparte bonaparte and her staff so i i kind of feel like this is very similar in format to vanderpump rules so we'll see i mean they're being brought back for a second season so i guess the first season was successful um as King Street continues to grow in popularity, that's the name of um, the establishment, King Street. The Republic, is, wait, is it, is it King Street or is it called the Republic? Anyway, so um, they're busier than ever. The group will work hard to prove to Leva that they are still fit to run the hottest club in Charleston. Despite rumors, cheating allegations, and ghosts of past back alley debauchery. I have no idea what that even means, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if anybody watches Southern Hospitality like that, but if you guys do, they're coming back on Thursday, starting on the first week of December, and that is it for BravoCon Day Two.